This goes out to all you Ravagers and Outriders, Novacore and Crane, and even all you Sovereign out there. You are now listening to Sanctuary Rock Radio. Um, but I think we're gonna we're gonna reclassify that a little bit. Uh, we're gonna think we're gonna say D bags, D bags with powers. Yes. Um, uh, because then I don't have to beep anything because we will be saying D bags with powers a lot. A lot. Should they? Um, ha- should we have like a theme song for D bags with powers? <laughs> da, 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 da. I might just take that. And it's like non-exciting forms. Deep bags of power. <laughs> the more you know, and then like the sprinkle. <laughs> <laughs> right? So up next, we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. The guardians Guardians. Guardians of the Galaxy. Depending um, on how you pronounce this. Who pronounces it like that? Like I said, <laughs> people who pronounce it GIF and not GIF theoretically should call it Jardians. Jardians of the Galaxy. Um, so I, I will say this movie was a risk. Big risk. Uh, um, you know, uh, an unproven, like, uh, you know, kind of team um, that had good storylines in the comic books, but probably wasn't well known among anyone who didn't read them. Um, I know you say Winter Soldier is your favorite. I think Guardians is kind of right up there for me. Absolutely. If only because it did everything Avengers did, but with five characters, no one should give a flying fuck about. Yeah, yeah. Right? I love them all. Yeah. Even people that don't like the MCU kind of like the Guardians. Yeah. Movie, the, the, especially the first one. It's a space epic. And there's so much good music in it, you know? Um... The music, the soundtrack, everything was done really well. And so I'm I'm a booster. Um, Absolutely. That's a good but I, like for me, it's just the, the, the idea that they took five characters no one cared about. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something that, like, you could argue, like, the early ones. But, like, Captain America is a household name, even if you don't read comics. Yeah. Absolutely. Iron Man is a household name, even if you don't read comics. Thor, not as much. But now... And, uh, I mean, like, the of the X-Men, I guess he had, like, Professor X and Wolverine. Yeah. Cyclops. Yeah, maybe. Of those of those ones. Most Spider-Man. People Spider-Man, household name. Yeah. Um, so, but, like, they, they, they're all established properties that are well-known. Even among comic book fans, I'd have a hard time sometimes finding people who knew who the hell Guardians of the Galaxy were before yeah. the Nihilus events. Yeah. In the comic book series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well. That's why I really like this movie. Well, Guardians of the Galaxy does something incredibly interesting in uh, uh, in- introducing fans to... The, I, I feel like we knew there was an overarching narrative for the MCU. Guardians of the Galaxy is the one that shoves it in your face. Yep. Say, hey, we're going somewhere with this. We didn't do Avengers and Captain America Winter Soldier. We didn't do that for nothing. They're not standalones. They're part of something bigger, and this is the movie that starts that. So uh, the synopsis reads, Brash space adventurer Peter Quill uh, finds himself the quarry of relentless bounty hunters after he steals an orb coveted by Ronin, a powerful villain. To evade Ronin, Quill is forced into an uneasy truce with four disparate misfits, gun-toting rocket raccoon, tree-like humanoid Groot, 
enigmatic Gamora and vengeful-driven Drax the Destroyer. But when he discovers the orb's true power and the cosmic threat it poses, Quill must rally his ragtag group to save the universe. Now, I, I will say, in my opinion, this is another moment where we have someone who is purely playing the character he is given, uh, that's written for him. Um, Lee Pace, that's, uh-huh. that's it, right? Uh, d- does a great job uh, with this role. Uh, I think he's a good actor. I just feel like there wasn't enough written up about the character in the script, about his motivations. I agree. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, it's been a while since I've seen it. But, sure. Um, <laughs> it doesn't he want to basically be Thanos like doesn't he want to or is he just well at his, some like, point I think I think that's just a byproduct of the the story that we're seeing um he is such he's a Cree nationalist basically he believes in the Cree people and he believes they are superior pretty much to everyone else right. uh so as far as he's concerned he happens lux into this infinity stone right and he's saying hey uh, you know, I believe in the Kree people. I want to get rid of these people, the, the Zandarians, the Nova Corps. After I'm done that, I'm going to get rid of Thanos because I know Thanos, if he knows, it seems like he knows about Thanos because he works for him. Thanos eventually is probably going to come after his people. So he's going to take Thanos out of the picture. Got it. Okay. So the his motivation was he wanted to take down the Zandarians because their police-keeping force was what was al- allowing the dissemination of... Uh, non-Cree idealism to mm-hmm. come into his culture as yeah. far as he considered it. Like, they, the Xandarians were all about, like, interspatial commerce. Like, even the planet Xandar had a whole bunch of different aliens on it. Yep. And so the Cree were kind of purists. Right. Well, he is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we don't know if that's a whole species thing, but he's part of a movement that is very puritanical for, for Cree idealism. And... He's like, well, I, he was using Thanos as a means to an end. I will help Thanos, and Thanos will kill Xandar for me. Yep. And then he gets the Power Stone, and basically he's like, this is like... I've nigh, seen what this can do. Right, this is nigh right. god-level ability. I don't Why need... do I need Thanos anymore? Okay. Um. So he's like, well, this is I, if I have this, I don't need Thanos anymore. And because, again, he's he's all about not relying or liking other species... That included Thanos. Thanos. Yep. Thanos was a means to an end until he had another ability to yeah. do it. I do wish that they had gone into that more. Yes. Yeah. Like that motivation is like if if he legitimately believes that he's a superior form of life, sell me on it. Same problem I had Red Skull. Um, that said, there is a lot of subtext there, much more so than Red Skull, because Red Skull was completely relying on the fact that you think Nazis are bad and therefore he is. Mm-hmm. Um, which wasn't enough of a sell in that movie for me. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, like, there's a lot, there's there's a lot of lines of dialogue and things that really set up the fact that he believes in what he's doing. Well, doesn't that give that kind of give that the same um, idea though? Because it's it's one person that thinks a specific species of of person is better. Well, well, is better. Yeah, don't um, get me wrong. That's that's where his. Motivation lies is he is art like if you if you he's equate a space it to, red skull he's a, yeah <laughs> yeah he's a space for skull. lack of a better way of putting it he he is absolutely to an extent in a space red skull from the perspective but when you look Korea. at it I think another part where you look at it is take it take mm-hmm. other Kree's interaction with the Zandarians where they have a treaty with the Zandarians 
but they kind of hand wave any threat Ronan poses to the Xandarians yeah. away. Say the he Greek people see him he, as a terrorist. Yep. They're like, he they doesn't call him a terrorist. He doesn't speak for us. You should probably deal with him on your own. Not our responsibility. He's yeah. It's got nothing to do with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I think that part kind of enables him. Like he says, well, if they're not going to, if my own people won't stop me, they must think I'm right. You know? Yeah. I think it's, there's uh, an unfortunate reality in the fact that there's, there's wasted potential on fleshing out a character like Ronan. And I think the exciting part is that he will be in Captain Marvel. And or, hopefully we'll get more and of hopefully that. hopefully we'll get more. Like, I would be I'm very thinking, excited to watch Captain Marvel and then watch Guardians of the Galaxy. Maybe, I think maybe we'll see, maybe we'll see an evolution of someone who might be more open and willing to work with other species and then... Watch an, what happens is that that goes away as that yeah, goes away as that so changes, that when yeah. eventually he gets to a uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, we see the foundation of where a lot of that hatred yeah. comes from and that xenophobia. This yeah. is just the reality of I think I think Ronan the Accuser gets a gets a bad rap because the film already has to establish five characters. Yep. And they do that very they well. All re- and they do it really well. But it means someone is going to get the chopping block. And one you have a Thanos reveal in the middle of it. Yeah. One of the well, the first time we ever actually really get to see him. Yeah. He's in his him. chair. We you saw get the, the smile at the end of Avengers, but you don't really get to see Thanos until like you don't hear him talk, you don't hear him do anything until. Yeah. This is Josh Rowland's first entry into in, as the character, and you get that really dope line. He goes, "Continue down this route, and I will bathe the starways in your blood," which Beautiful. is a dope fucking line for a villain. Yeah. And uh, we do have a secondary villain, Nebula. We do. Um, I hate Nebula, but like then that's I a get really it. good job on their part. Yeah, you're supposed yeah. to. You're, you're supposed, supposed to not to. like her. Yeah, she's. There's never <sighs> it, it, the thing that people I think lose, and this is my worry with Guardians Three, not having James Gunn. Yep. Removed from the rest of the circumstances, is. Guardians did a really good job of not making not making Nebula the opposite of what she's meant to be, mm-hmm. right? A lot of times in movies, movies take a character that you don't like and attempt to get you to like them. Guardians, on the other hand, takes a character you don't like and makes you uncomfortable with them and then leaves it there. Don't get me wrong. I, I love Nebula. But at the end of the day, Nebula in Avengers Infinity War, I am uncomfortable with her. Yep. Right. I don't love her and I don't like her. I'm uncomfortable with her presence there. I know what she's trying to do and I know why she's trying to do it, but I also know she's a nihilist. And she could just decide if she gets the infinity gauntlet, all right, not only am I going to take out Thanos because I don't like him, I'm going to do all this other shit too. Right. Because she can flip on the turn, like, she's wishy-washy. She's obviously unstable. Yeah. Yeah, very unstable. And she, I mean, when you know her backstory was like how much she's been altered and like messed with and abused, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just, like just I, flat out abused. Like There's that no makes sense. Or about it. And, and I it's think so frustrating. It's it that that in and of itself is an interesting way, a physical manifestation of Thanos. He gives his love to one daughter, to one daughter, and gives his hatred. To another. to another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, that's an interesting manifestation uh, that you don't get right away. Um, until it, you until really you see her. that fleshed out motivation when Infinity War comes mm-hmm. Yeah, you, that comes later. Um, 
But yeah, I, I would say Nebula it, to an extent is a villain, but Nebula also sits in this really weird place where like she plays a little bit of the backdrop to to Ronan for a, a portion of the film. She's like the scene where he kills uh, the voice of Thanos. Um, and uh, she's just like filing her nails. Mm-hmm. And he like breaks his neck using the force of the hammer, and she just kind of looks up at him and looks away. Uh, like that's her for half of the film. Yep. Yeah. Uh, until she actually goes yeah. into the playing field, right? And and technically, I guess you could say that there is a tertiary antagonist with uh, um, oh, what you call it? What my brain doesn't work right now. Who? Uh, the bounties. The bounties. Oh, Yondu. Corey? Yondu. Oh, yeah. Yondu. Yeah, I mean they're just, he's they're just tertiary. I think he's more of an deeper. obstacle than a, than a, than. Yeah, a yeah, I guess. Yeah, because yeah. he does wind up right. He doesn't yeah. actually confront them so yeah. much as he's something Constantly that they have to figure out something. to worry work yeah. around. And you never really think, I guess, at least in, when I watched the movie for the first, I never really thought he was ever going to do anything to hurt Peter. Yeah, at the end of the day, he just wasn't going to do it. Yeah. So I guess let's stick with Ronan, Ronan the Accuser. Accuser. Where uh, where are we putting him at? Maybe uh, I was gonna say debugging with powers, and that's okay. I think that's where he's at. Yeah, yeah. I think I it's agree. it's very similar to Deadpool. He did exactly what he was supposed to. Uh, and if there wasn't that subtext, I would have said debug with powers. So debug with powers, to, and that's okay. If you read okay. into it a little bit, he becomes a debug with powers, and that's okay. Um, if you want to say Nebula. As an antagonist, um, transfer from nothing well, to mean, good. Well, I would say, yeah. If, if it's definitely yeah. not a D bag with powers, and that's okay. like we know why she's there. We know why she, she's doing what she's doing. If she, I mean, she might be a D bag with powers, and that's okay too. But is, is I guess the question is: Is she? If you're saying transfer, is she does she I mean, end quality? I'm just saying quality because. In this particular movie, no. Oh, okay. So then we'll event... But this is as a villain. She ends quality as a person. But how, how is she as a villain in this film? Probably a D-bag with powers she's and that's annoying. okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's annoying. Yeah. So. There you go. D-bag with powers. And that's okay. And that's okay. <laughs> because she's abused. I feel she, like she's a bill. I, I feel like we should have that like wow. sing songy and D bag of powers. And, and that's, that's okay. okay. The more you know. Do do do. <laughs> okay. What's up? Honey? He's, just up, he's upset because he didn't get to sing it with us. That's well, fine. that's because I'm producing the show. <laughs> he's going to cut it out. Uh, let's talk about uh, my tattoo for a moment. Uh, there's a movie that I love, and I am all alone in loving it. Uh, I wouldn't say you're all alone. Don't make me sing the Sayosins. You're not alone. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, I, let, me, let me. I am in the minority. This is a long movie. in loving this film. This yeah. movie is lengthy as hell. Two hours and twenty one minutes. Oh my gosh. Uh, May first, two thousand and fifteen. We're getting to. We're getting so close to to modern. Uh, our our day, what we've gone through. Um, the summer is here. Beach towels are out. Everyone's ready to go out to the, let, let's go. Let's party up. 
And Marvel says, hey, come to the theaters because y'all are going to see some dope shit. Avengers Age of Ultron is out. Uh, the movie uh, in the box office made $1.405 billion, with a B, uh, U.S. dollars. Did you know, fun fact, Avengers Age of Ultron is the world's eighth highest grossing film of all time. Fun fact. Now, I, I want to say here that this film does, uh, I do like this film, uh, but it does suffer from some things. And part of it was there there were cuts that were made that ha- that Joss Whedon was forced to make cuts Yes. Uh, forced not to film certain things that probably stylistically, um, you would know, script wise, would have made this film way better. I, I, I like to say uh, this film suffers from being the middle brick in a Jenga uh, tower. Oh, totally. Yeah. It cannot be moved and it serves a specific purpose. Mm-hmm. Right. It's there's there's no flexibility with this movie. It has to it has to progress the overarching narrative and therefore it can't really play within its own boundaries with the key things it needs to do it's it's not great unless you look at it in the context of what came before and what's and what going came, to come after yep. and, and again judging it on a merely movie basis is very tough in that regards yes because it is designed it, it like you said it serves a very specific function yeah. And if it didn't exist, the next generation wouldn't make a lot of sense. So, no matter how good it was. So who is our villain? So <laughs> what are the odds? It's Ultron. Played by? Uh, played by, oh, oh. We got a little happy in the pants. <sighs> it's very obvious. I can't. Someone, someone say it. I, you know, I don't know it. Oh. I'll read the names that I see there. <laughs> That's what I was no, waiting for. None of them. None of them are. None it. of them. No, it's none of them. Never mind. Well, uh, what was it? Um, so- Stargate fame. <laughs> Mr. James Spader. James Spader. I I, oh, I, I, I knew who it was, but I wanted someone else to say James it. I didn't want to be Spader. the one to say it. Um, my so okay. Good. Here, here's my thing. So you've got Robert Downey Jr. and James Spader. Two people who can chew scenery like it's their like because it's their job. It's their job. Oh my it's nobody's god! Nobody's business. How good th- these two are. On oh screen. god! If you've seen the Blacklist, the TV show, you know how good he is. Uh, pretty much in almost everything he does. Oh, for me, it's just that voice. That yeah, gravel. he's got such a he's got gravitas to him. I there's. Uh, there are no strings on me. Yes. These men are very visibly excited. <laughs> you don't. You don't so, there's. It's one thing to you can cast almost anyone in a voice role, right? You could put anyone in the voice role. It it doesn't. Well, to me, it's the difference between uh, what we were talking about earlier: Aladdin two and Aladdin one. Rob, um, Robin, Robin Williams, Williams versus not Robin Williams. There's a difference. Yeah. You could put anyone in this role, but we didn't know how good James Spader was going to be in the role until we saw it, and it was great. It was just great. So. Tony Stark is continuing to suffer from his PTSD when he decides to jumpstart a dormant peacekeeping program. Things typically go terribly awry, forcing him, Thor, and the Incredible Hulk, and the rest of the Avengers to reassemble. As the fate of Earth hangs in the balance, the team is put to the ultimate test as they battle Ultron, a technological terror hell-bent on human extinction. 
Along the way, they encounter two mysterious and powerful newcomers, Pietro and Wanda Maximoff, as they attempt to defend their home city of uh, well, country Sokovia. Home country yeah. of Sokovia. Yeah, I will say, okay, so the first time we see this villain, it is not even as a robot, is a disembodied... It's as an entity. AI. And just its first interaction as it's being born and its interaction with Jarvis. Jarvis, someone who's been in how many movies? Yeah. And just the initial, like, he just kills him. He just murders, murders Jarvis. Him. And you're just, I, I'll be honest, Jarvis, for me, it was nice. Like, it's just one of those things where I was like, oh, my God, no. And that, that like, oh, it was it was kind of a little bit of gut-wrenching. Did someone create Ultron? Tony. So it, he's and a, he's Bruce. A, He's an amalgamation of a few things. So they took the Mind Stone, which was in Loki's staff from the first Avengers movie, which, as you know now, is inside yes, what's his face's head. forehead. Um, but they found the Mind Stone, and he had a project called Ultron. And the idea was to create a AI that could coordinate the defense of the planet using Tony Stark's robots as a, as a peacekeeping force. And basically something that could theoretically, like, that was smart enough and... Powerful, uh, enough. powerful enough to defend Earth from everything that they know was coming. So yeah. that the Avengers could eventually stop right. avenging. Like, when the so Avengers Tony disbanded. Was no, yeah, and if Tony was no longer alive, he could, if he if he passed away like of old age or something, he could know that the Earth was still protected. So then Ultron was like, wow, Earth is screwed because humans suck. Well, oddly oh. enough, so yes. I, yes, yes. So that is okay, exactly right. so what happened. They wow, took the Mind Stone in that program and... Jarvis and they created a like or the the basis that was Jarvis they were like the Mind Stone has a has like a a brain in it and so they introduced it to Ultron and then it created an and a conscious entity that became Ultron which is the bad guy and eventually he gets to the point he's just like said so Ultron had one goal and that was to protect protect the earth. protect the earth and he realized and, that the problem with the earth was the people in it Yes. Humans. He was like, humans had their shot. I, I love that line, though, that um, uh, humans had their shot. The dinosaurs had like a million years before um, God yeah. threw the stone at them. And believe me, he's winding up. Yeah. Um, but just that one, the the Infinity Stone reference before yes. he threw his stone. And then just the idea is like, humans had their shot. You guys messed up. You're obsolete. I'm... What needs to replace you? Yeah, mm-hmm. got it. Okay, and, and not even, and not even like it wasn't malicious. It wasn't even like a replacement. Is he was just saying, like one of I'm the lines I love is like, I'm, "I'm you don't get I like I'm doing you a favor. You don't know what's what's coming, and when it comes, it's gonna kill you anyway. So what difference does this make? Right. Yep. Why fight this? Mm-hmm. But it's it's and and the thing is the, the greatest thing is anytime he did something like uh, take when he cuts off Claw's arm, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, did that hurt? Yeah. Like you're he, gonna be okay. You're, you're gonna, gonna be okay. You're gonna, you're gonna, gonna be, be fine. Okay. Like he doesn't do things just out of hatred, uh, unless but it comes he has very unless it comes to Tony. He has very human reactions because in that yeah. scene where he cuts him off, he goes, he goes, oh, 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 I'm sorry, but just don't compare me to Tony Stark. Yeah. Right. Like that's the thing that sets him off. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Ultron has very human reactions to things, Mm -hmm. which is kind of, in my opinion, where the foundation of Vision's humanity kind of comes from. It's like he he has an evolved human element that Ultron kind of had. That's because of the Mind Stone. But that's part of it is because of the Mind Stone, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there are two things I really love about Ultron's character. One is that he has a very religious purpose for an aspect of humanity technology that typically has no religious association to it. Yep. And I love the irony in that. Like, I think that's very well-written irony to have an, a sentient AI robot have a very religious purpose. You know, to be talking about, uh, you know, the second coming, a new age. A, a lot of these comments that he makes that have very... There's a foundation of religious context. Yeah, messianic. Or, or uh, messianic context, even that, yeah. Like I said, even that conversation about the stone. Yeah, when he's, he's talking very about, biblical. Mentions yeah, God, when he's talking yeah. about the... Ch- when he's sitting in the church... Yeah, he goes. Uh, 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 oh, he goes. Um, you know, I, I've, I've never quite figured out why the church is always the center of a, a city, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So he's talking about like the placement of the the physical placement of the church and what it represents in like society. It's a very odd conversation to have with a a, a robot, right? It's a it's a different context. Uh, the second thing I like is he has, he has, uh, he, 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 he's a monologuer as a villain, but it's James Spader. So like, so it's okay. you can monologue all you want to. He monologues, I think like four times in the movie. Monologuer and that's okay. Yeah. like <laughs> I have a stupid question and huh. I hope it doesn't take us too off track. No. But the, all the stones. Yes. Is there an origin of where they come from? Brian. They kind of go into it in the um, in Avengers at the creation of the universe. Six singularities, six singularities were created, encompassing aspects of the universe, the primordial aspects of the universe: consciousness, the mind stone, reality, reality, space, time, soul, which is both of the universe and of the what was in it. Um, and then power, and, which is and then energy. power, which is just sheer energy. They go over that, Doctor Strange. Uh, uh, and infin- they mentioned it. four. Yeah. Okay. So gotcha. they they got they went into it in the Guardians. They said the beginning of the universe, the Big Bang. There were six singularities. Right. Okay. Doctor Strange and Wong go into it more in Infinity in, War. In Infinity War. Got it. So they're they're aspects that are alluded to. Um, they kind of mention like the Aether was an element of the universe from the like from time from, immemorial, like yeah, before anybody like can before remember. anyone can remember the Aether has and been then around. The Collector and Wong through like talk about the fact that they've existed for as long as our universe has existed. They're physical manifestations of elements in the universe. In the universe. Okay. Like the things that make the universe function are what these things are. That's what they are. They're physical manifestations of them. In terms of movie writing, they're just straight up MacGuffins. That's all they are. They're They're items for people to, to fight over and, and, would you like Thanos an egg? Trying Mac- to get all the happy, uh, happy meal. Toys. Would you That's like an egg MacGuffin? Yeah. Would you like a MacGuffin? Okay, got it. Okay. Um, um, so back back to the uh, Age of Ultron. Now we do have some tertiary uh, villains. Um, oh, the twins. The twins, which you know it, they they shift. 
mid movie or well three quarters of the way. I don't know if they're they're, like they're almost manipulated. Yeah, I think maybe maybe they'd be more like a like a like a Yondu a an obstacle. Yeah, but I don't think Yondu wasn't manipulated by anyone. True, true. Like she tells the story like when we were like when Stark dropped bombs in Sokovia when they were young, they had to stare at his missile. So, right, a Stark missile landed in their home, and it didn't explode. And they sat for days just looking Waiting at the Stark to missile, wondering if they were going to die. Because the house had crumbled around them, and they couldn't leave. Oh, my God. So they were waiting to be rescued with an unexploded bomb in their living room. Yeah. That's scary. Just looking at the Stark logo, and wondering Ultron if they just, were going to die any moment. And Ultron, of course, Prayed as a messianic that, yeah. figure, says, I almost wonder if there's a reason that bomb never went off. Yep. Like just straight manipulation. Just the, I never really thought about it, but the, the level of a piece of technology references God or the idea of a higher power is really kind of interesting. Think about the odd themes in that film. One, it's a robot that recognizes a higher power. And two, more importantly, Ultron could be seen as a metaphor for how people use technology in this new generation we are to some extent manipulated by the power that technology can have over us. Yeah, most, and most in, certainly. And to an extent, that's the relationship that anyone who decides to align themselves with Ultron in this film ends up having, right? Either that or they're influenced by the minds of, like the doctor who ends up, uh, like Ultron essentially forces open the, uh, the whatever it's called. The thing to the build cradle. Uh, the cradle to build Vision's body, mm-hmm. right? Uh, anyone who who either uses or aligns themselves with technology is either manipulated or damaged by it, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is is a theme that kind of spreads throughout his interactions with people in the film that I think is very interesting. And I do like their the brief interactions that Vision and him have are yes. very good too, especially at the end. <laughs> at the end, they have that How conversation. Naive. Well, I yeah. was just born yesterday. Well, uh, that conversation at the end is really good. I mean, have you ever thought about how in these movies, maybe the higher power is the stones in general, like an object rather well, than... I, th- I think that's the naivete of Ultron's character. <laughs> Ultron knows... He, he understands extinction-level events and how they can impact a species, a universe, based on what the internet, you could argue, has told him. I'm going to go with his but, quality. But his naivete is he really has no idea that the thing that created him is the is part of the essence of the universe. The right. God, if you will, in this universe. Well, we don't know how self-aware. Like I said, that, that one line where he's like, God's getting ready to throw a stone. That to me could be subtext and to think that he it absolutely knows could that be the subtext. stones are coming. So, so here's the thing. If the Mind Stone was warning Vision, we don't know if the Mind Stone imparted any information to, to Ultron. Ultron. To we Ultron. Don't know. And, and he's, he's a consciousness created from the Mind Stone. From the Mind Stone, whereas Vision is more of an amalgam of the Mind Stone, Tony, yeah. Jarvis, and even Banner. directly represented in the relationship to, to, to right. Vision. Ultron, yeah. Ultron is a sheer creation of... The Mind Stone. The Mind Stone and the technology that yeah. Tony Stark and Banner... Now, again, I'm, I'm very biased, so I can't vote here. Uh, I, I fucking love Ultron. So no, I, I, I can't I, vote I here. He's, he's always going to be a quality villain in my book. 
Um, I think with his plan, every like even though it would turned into a boss fight near the end of it, it fit within the context. He's just yes. like, I just need to swarm you and keep you from stopping my plan from working. Yeah. That's all I need to do. Yep. Um, so it's exactly what I wanted to happen. All of you versus all, all of, of me. me. Yeah. And it just turned there's like hundreds of Ultrons show up. He's just been manufacturing yeah. robots, robot bodies. just building them over nothing. He goes, this is exactly what I wanted because he says it at the beginning. Like uh, one of my favorite lines in the film is uh, uh, the only way to save humanity is with the Avengers extinction, because as long as the Avengers are here, things will continue to uh, people will continue to threaten the world. Things will escalate and things escalate. will constantly escalate as long as the Avengers exist. And the only solution I can think of is to destroy the Avengers. It is it is interesting that the uh, Ultron and a Vision both came to the same conclusion, separate from one another. Oh yeah, I like. Oh my God, you're right in Aven- in Infinity, Infinity War. War, not Infinity War, Civil War. Oh, and in Civil War, when uh, Vision's argument for being like, if you if you correlate when Iron Man first revealed himself to the public, and the amount of extinction level events have risen at a commiserate rate to the amount of powered individuals since Iron Man revealed himself. Now, his his solution to that is not to destroy the Avengers, but more oversight. But to create some oversight or control. But it doesn't yeah. mean Ultron was wrong. Nope. Right. So they, they've both figured out there is a correlation to these things. Do you, do you, ima- like, do you imagine how much... I'm just going to put it out there. Can you imagine how much I would have creamed my jeans in that movie if Vision was like, to an extent, Ultron was right. <laughs> yeah, right? Right. And I would have been like, Hot diggity dog. <laughs> you just acknowledge my movie. Wasn't Vision's thing like power breeds confrontation? Yes. Yes. Breeds escalation. Yep. Like he's like, your your power breeds conflict. Like people want to rise to that level to conflict. Yeah. So as, as long, long as, as as long as you exist, there will be people on the opposite end of the spectrum to fight you. Which means there will always be consequences. You will always have a Sokovia situation where hundreds of people die because they're the existence of powered individuals is always going to cause that. Ultron's solution was, why don't I just get rid of everybody? Wipe the slate clean and restart it over again. Tabula Ross of this. Yeah. I have so many movies to watch. You You do. do. So proud of you. Um, I would say quality. Quality. This one's so long. I didn't do it for you, Joe. <laughs> I did it for Ultron. I did it for, I did it for James Spader. <laughs> he deserves that win. And again, I think this movie gets a really bad rap for yeah. how well it, it serves like, a purpose. For what it did. I came out of it, I was really happy, but a lot yeah. of people were like, blah, 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 why the farm scene? Because we needed to see there's this like antagonistic moment between Iron Man and Captain America where <laughs> they're they're just talking. Like I just... You see Captain America gets so angry, just like he splits rips a, a log, like rips half. a log in half. They're cutting like, like firewood. He, Captain America gets, gets so angry, he grabs two pieces, two ends of the firewood, and just rips it in half. And you see what's great is then you look, you look at the piles of wood, and Tony's is Tony like has like maybe normal four or five man that he's cut, and then Captain Caps America has like a whole huge like a season's sack. worth of wood that he's cut <laughs> in like that. 15 They're like, we don't have to cut wood ever again. And it, and it also shows you, gives you reason for why Hawkeye is kind of was moving away from it, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So. Uh, 
there's there's just a lot of really there's good just, moments in that movie that I think people under undersell because they were like, oh, there's not as much of a formulated like it's it was just good. I I think to your point, it doesn't stand on its own, but which yeah. is, within a universe, it works. I still really feel well. like the first Avengers has a hard time doing that too. Like yeah. if you were to start watching Avengers, you'd be like, whoa, whoa, yeah. It does it better than two, but two doesn't have like isn't as foundational. Yeah. So uh, it's higher up the, like it's the second story yeah. of the house. Yeah. So uh, moving moving Which forward, is the least interesting portion of the house. Right. It's where everybody sleeps. Moving forward <laughs> to uh, <laughs> into the next one here. This one is kind of a little bit of a genre movie as well. A little bit. It's a Not heist as movie. it's a heist movie. It's a heist movie, and uh, a little bit of a risk too, as far as character is concerned. Um, someone maybe not, not as well known, uh, but with a little bit of I controversy similar to um, Dark World. Yeah. Like we had a lot of directors and writers shifting on this, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, actors in and out. Uh, or no, yeah, Edgar Wright, Edgar Wright penned it. Uh, the guy who did um, the original Shaun yeah. of the Dead. He, he, he penned the original. He penned the original, and then there they was were some like, conflict with, with there was uh, conflict Marvel. with Marvel as a whole. So they said, okay, you can go. Uh, and then they brought Peyton Reed, and Peyton Reed apparently kept the foundation of the script mm-hmm. uh, and rewrote portions of it. Uh, we're talking about Ant Man. Ant Man. Ant Man had a budget of a hundred and thirty million and made back five hundred and nineteen million. Possibly my so, favorite, uh, my favorite sidekick person of all time, Louis. Louis. Yeah, uh, oh, his stories amazing. are fantastic. <laughs> yes. I love them. The, the and they really, they really embraced so it. I think yeah. that that was that was one of those points where I really hope they were just like, "Do you?" Yeah, yeah. By the oh, way, so good. Uh, this film is very important because Age of Ultron has the scene that establishes six Infinity Stones. There's uh there's the scene oh, with the Thor, Armageddon Thor, the, yeah. the Thor uh, Ragnarok, uh, Ragnarok scene that is the, he has a vision of six Infinity Stones. It sets the stage. So what better way to follow that up than with a palate cleanser that you would argue has nothing to do with any of that at all. And it's great. It is a standalone in its own way. We, of course, are talking about Ant-Man. And one of the one of the first times we get that heroes happened between Cap and Tony. Right, well, that's, that was where I love this movie. Part of the thing I love about this movie is it establishes very um, just nonchalantly yeah. Says, oh yeah, superheroes were a thing between Captain America and Iron Man. Like we were, in the, we were in to Cold give the War U.S. There's a couple of lines that they've sprinkled throughout the MCU, like that. Do you think this is my first rodeo? We yeah. know what we're doing. Uh, do you think you're the first superhero from Nick Fury's introduction to Iron Man? Like a lot of those very early drop hint drops that Iron Man isn't the start of the superhero movement. He just escalated um, it, but he he escalated. He yeah. made himself public. Much more so than they were used to, mm-hmm. but this is this establishes like there have been superheroes, super spies, beyond Captain America, and like they there's two of them that operated as a team in the eighties, Ant Man yeah. and Wasp. Ant Man and the Wasp. Um, also, and I've brought this up before, but I love this movie if only for the fact that it's done something no other comic book movie has ever done. They introduced us to um, Ant Man, and then said he retired. And he's passing on the mantle to a new guy. Exactly. Like we never, short of a flashback, we never really got to see him operate as the Ant Man. And even then, all we saw him was on a rocket. Yeah. Yep. We didn't see. They didn't establish Hank Pym as a superhero and then pass on the mantle. 
they introduced him to us to him as a retired superhero. Mm-hmm. And you see some like archival mantle. footage of him on a right, gun yeah. or something. Right. On like and a tank or something. The some only reason it's, and it's discovered because Paul Rudd's character is like a, a thief, He's right? a thief, yeah. Yeah, so he like just stumbles There's a weird this. like uh, manipulative aspect to it where it's, it looks like it's insinuated, it it's intentional. Yeah. Hank Pym like Has, wanted Scott Lang <laughs> to like rob his house and really weird stuff like that. I think Paul Rudd is perfect in this. Movie. Yeah, there's there's very few. I mean, MCU for the most part has been has nailed castings, but Paul Rudd is something else. He's yeah, so in this I, series, I, I just I just like how they let him be him as well at certain points. Like, just even in other movies, it's like, does anyone have any orange slices? Yeah, like just like that's a Paul Rudd thing. <laughs> the magic trick thing. He's like, Do you know how hard in, it is? Man of the Wasp. Oh my god! When you can't leave the so house, good. I was magic misdirection. <laughs> <laughs> so um i just hey uh how, didn't how paul did you, rudd how did you do that <laughs> uh didn't paul rudd help with the writing for some of it i don't know honestly i don't know i, I don't think know. i don't know if it was this one i want to say yes for the second one it wouldn't surprise me yeah um, it's got a lot of that humor in it where mm-hmm. it would make sense um so let's let's talk about the uh the villains so uh, darren um, cross also uh, known as yellow jacket yellow jacket uh, I believe we put him in transfer before. We did. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to stick to that. So the, the starting off, like his motivation very early on, like his, ar- uh, is, his motivation um, is arguably one of the best motivations in an MCU movie. And there's just today. those lines. And it was the, the one you love. And it was just like, why did you choose me? Cause you remind me of me. Why did you, you know, abandon me because you remind me too much of me. Yeah. Like Darren Cross has a uh, mentor protege breakdown. He takes over Hank Pym's company as a as a way to get back at Hank Pym for feeling like he was abandoned by his mentor. Now all of a sudden Hank Pym is running around with Scott Lang, and he he feels this sense of betrayal. Like I, look at what I'm doing to your company. I'm growing it bigger than it's ever been before. Yeah. All I've ever wanted is for you to to acknowledge me, acknowledge my effort. And Hank Pym's response to that is the reason I didn't is because you remind me of all of the bad things about me. Mm-hmm. I look at you and I see the worst parts of me. And I didn't realize that until it was too late. And it creates this amazing motivation. Like, that's the foundation of it. The problem is, is just the end is very superhero-ish. And it just doesn't, his decisions Such don't necessarily resonate with the character, the manipulative character at the beginning. Right. So. Now, if he had manipulated somebody to being the Yellow Jacket suit. I could get on board um, with that a little bit more. But I get that wouldn't resonate as well, like if it wasn't him in the suit. But some, I just something, it just didn't, it just doesn't Josh well. Yeah. With his so, like you said, such good core motivation that just kind of into, bleh. yeah. And I don't uh, like, and they had some throwaway lines that were like, "The particles will affect your brain." Yeah, blah, blah, blah. that line I, like, I I thought was very throwawayish. Yeah, I think they it was to explain wanna... why he went fucking nuts near the end. Yeah, really, I could have, I th- I would have accepted the fact that he. Uh, yeah, I don't know, got caught in a bug zapper. <laughs> yeah, he got caught in a bug zapper that would have fucked up with the juice that was in the suit, and he would have just went batshit crazy, which I would have been fine with. I, I'm not. 
but I, I there's ways of doing that where you're not just making him crazy for crazy sake. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they just they wanted a they wanted a superhero fight and they got it. So power to him, whatever. Let's talk about one of the worst movies I've ever watched. Oh my watched. god, it's got a nine percent. Let's talk about one of the worst movies I've ever watched. Yeah. Now so, to be fair, nine percent of critics gave it a positive rating. It has like a what a forty percent, uh, like a four point two on IMDb. So like people review it. Fifty one percent. Fifty one percent of fans like this movie. Gotcha. That's that is the number I want to focus on. It's typically that number is de- very high. It's very divisive. I'll I'll give it that. Um, Not I a fan. I don't know very many people that really enjoyed the movie. I would say, like, on a scale of 1 to 100, 40 to 50 is probably not, it's probably a Accurate. little bit nice. Yeah. But not, but I could see it falling in that range. We're talking about Fantastic Four, 2015. Fan Four Stick. Fan Uh Miles Teller, Michael B. Jordan, a couple other people. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan um, had a much better role later on, but we'll get into that later. The yes, the fun moments where the MCU has redeemed both. Both, both uh, human, torches. human torches have gotten redeeming parts in the MCU. It's great. Right? Um, I watched 40 minutes of this movie, oh, and man. I could not watch it anymore. Uh, I watched it all. I could not. I'll, I'll be honest. Movie. I got about halfway through and then fell asleep. I've not. I have not finished uh, this But film. that could be. I didn't watch it in a the theater. That would have been weird. Did you see this one in the theater? Oddly enough, no. Oh. I don't. Uh, I haven't I don't missed know what to very do with many th- movies in theaters, and this is one of them. Like both fantastic, like the both Fantastic Fours. I was like, I honestly just don't care because I know they're not going to do well. I don't um, know what to make of this movie. I have no idea. Um, I'm assuming the villain is Doom. I have zero. <laughs> we'll have you to, would be you'll correct. Have to do it. You'll have to do, do a want, judge on this one because. Um, do Do we want to read the synopses? Sure. Um, I mean, it's a, Do you want me it's to read the it synopsis. Since I'm the only one who's watched it all. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the yes. Can you hit more, old, please? It's the <laughs> it's the synopsis of pretty much any. If you if you were out there and we and we said, assume what the synopsis of a Fantastic Four movie would be. This is probably what they would come up with. So let, let's see if the audience is correct. Take okay. a moment, audience. Take a moment. Absorb it in. Put, think put your, what you think, think what it would you be. think the synopsis of a Fantastic do, do, Four, an introductory do, do, Fantastic do, Four do, movie would be. Okay. Read the synopsis. Transported to an alternate universe, four young outsiders gain superhuman powers as they alter their physical form in shocking ways. Reed Richards becomes Mr. Fantastic able to stretch and twist his body at will. While Pal... <laughs> you didn't that wasn't to, us. You didn't even have that to ask it. Us. That's in the description. <laughs> while, while Pal... Oh my God. Ben Grimm gains immense strength as the thing. They're not even going to mention the fact he becomes a rock. Whatever. Johnny Storch becomes the... Sorry. Johnny Storm... I'm laughing too hard. Johnny Storm becomes the human torch, able to control and project fire. His body, whatever. His, <laughs> while his sister Sue becomes the invisible woman. They're just going to let them figure that one out, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what that means. Together, sure. the team must harness their new abilities to prevent Doctor Doom from destroying the Earth. Yeah, well, you even... guessed correct. The bad guy was was Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom. This one, I, I, I will give uh, the movie a little bit of credit. Casting um, uh, an African-American in the role of the Human Torch. 
Um, I believe they imply like Sue Storm was adopted. Yes, um, they were both adopted. But their their father is African American, so like the Mister Storm, yeah, their father it's and Mr. like Mister Storm, Mister Storm, Doctor Storm, probably Doctor Storm. I don't, I don't know. Uh, they changed the origin a little bit. Like they actually go to like an alien planet while they're there. They get bombarded with cosmic rays. Doctor Doom uh, also in this one gains powers. Isn't he like a hacker? Uh, he's a computer programmer kind of thing, but he gets like electricity powers. Just um, like in the. But he also like first it's more one. like. The boom, he can make your head explode and just goes around making people's heads explode. They don't really go into it very much and it's not really well done. Yeah. Um, is it true that is, his body is like, he looks like the thing, just... Uh, it's getting like molten metal kind of crackle kind of yeah. thing going on. Um, was the idea like, that his skin would be representative of the armor that he would correct. typically wear? Okay, Just um, like... No, kind of like in the first one, almost. <laughs> um, I would. Is this uh, pretty much the first movie? It's pretty much okay. Um, All right. It's a. It's got better graphics. Oh, well. and uh, then it's like it, pretty much every video they, game the ever made. The thing is computer generated. They attempt to make um, like the way they deal with their powers is a little bit different. So they they go into it like Reed Richards figures out ways of making like elastic all like clothing. So he's got like. Um, oh, so they went into the nitty gritty of of. They don't go into it too much, but they like it's interesting to see them try to figure out how they would deal with them. So like he's got like accordion clothes, so they can mm. stretch with his body. It's, it's <laughs> kind of, there's some visual aesthetic that I enjoy from the movie, but overall and, and some of the choices they made I find interesting. The casting's not bad. It's just um, it feels like they were like, let's put some effort into this, and then they were like, hey, what about the plot? And someone's like, oh shit, this movie's out too soon. We just have to rush. Um, something along it comes lines. out next week. Shit! <laughs> oh yeah. no! What are we gonna do? Just stitch the footage together and make something that looks like a plot. Um, I, uh, <laughs> it's really bad. Um, but I'm reasonably sure Doctor Doom yeah. is un yeah is unforgivable for me because <laughs> so I if Doctor like, Doom wasn't in the movie, the movie it, would be better. It was just them learning how to deal with their powers and the government wanting to use them. I would have been a lot happier with that movie. Really, the fact that they had to focus on a on a B rated movie or B rated villain just doesn't go. Do I have well. an? Oh my! Oh yeah, I got a shit ton of Unforgivables. Oh yeah, remember Fox is uh, Fox is swimming in it. <laughs> swimming in Unforgivables right now. Swimming yeah, in. I've just been sitting here thinking about how Unforgivable. <laughs> this is Doctor Doom's second stint in Unforgivable. Yep. <laughs> Wasn't it in the Silver Surfer? It was Fantastic Four. Oh, the first one. The first one. Really, Wait, we said it was unforgivable. We said it was unforgivable. Thing. Oh wow! Just later. Oh yeah, they did the same thing. Just they retold that the story later. Is well, I mean, they did. They did it for Spider Man as well. I mean, true, 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 true. Kind of. They they didn't they start with the Green Goblin. Name, right? like, they didn't true. start with Norman Osborn. They were like, Norman Osborn's dying. Oh, he died. He just straight up died. The beginning of uh, Spider Man Two, Amazing Spider Man Two. Like, no, no, fucker's dead. Yeah. Oh, you thought the villain was Norman Osborn? Uh, no. Yep, no. Uh, you're boring. Uh, you're boring. (laughs) Uh, Can we we talk about... uh, This is actually surprising. I'm genuinely surprised right now. Because... Surprise. uh, Fox went from hot garbage to hot fire in less than a year. I don't know how they did they it. They spit why have fire and listen to you. They year. went from nothing to everything in less than a year. Yeah. They went from February, fan four yeah. stick 
to Deadpool. Um, to be fair, Captain Deadpool. If you, asked, if you were to talk to Fox, Fox didn't want to make this movie. Really, Fox so, didn't want to make oh, this movie. Oh, you don't. Okay, so people for years have been saying they want a Deadpool film. Fox was like, we really don't want to do it because it has to be rated R, and we're not rated R comic book movies have not really done very well ever, yeah. ever. Well, and they usually require large budgets. Yeah. Which and, they weren't interested in. So they and did. Rated e- R doesn't get a large can. They usually will grow significantly less. So just they it's rated R. pretty much did everything to handicap this movie as they could. Well, they did everything to not make it. Yeah. So Ryan Reynolds had always been at the forefront of the conversation to want to do a Deadpool film. No one knew it was being done. No one knew knew it was being produced or anything like that. So on a random day, I can't remember when. On a random day. Ryan Reynolds posts on the internet what he dubs as test footage. So he is about 90% sure he's the one who did it, who leaked the test footage. He's 90% sure. Uh, he's like 80 to 90% sure. I think it changes on the interview he does. But he's about 80 to 90% sure he's the, he's one, who the one who leaked the leaked the footage. The footage. But the footage leaked. Right. And uh, it's in the, scare quotes. It's the um, car chase scene on the highway. Where he jumps off and he lands and it's in the all car and he beats, it's all CG. But it's all CG, but it's Ryan Reynolds. Voicing, yeah. And it's it's pretty much verbatim that scene in Deadpool when he's on the when he falls into the car. From the freeway. And he's like, Oh, this is such rich Corinthian leather. Right? Like, um but it's a it's a really well done scene. And the fan reaction blew up like I mean, when i fr- i could not stop laughing when people i people could not stop the, watching it it had millions of views it was grainy you couldn't even like tell what was happening half the time but people lost their minds because right. it was it was dead it was it was pure deadpool so the reaction was nuts which causes fox to go hmm huh we're wrong well, they 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 were like fan reaction was so extreme that they were like even if like a fraction of these people go to see it, this movie has the potential to do really well. But again, they kept handicapping it. They were like, "You had like we want a PG thirteen, and everyone was like, "No, no." Yeah, no Ryan Reynolds was like, "No." So, what was its budget? <laughs> it had a budget. Of $58 million. So think of those numbers we had from those other yeah. ones. We're talking $200 million for some of them. They were like, nah, you get $58 million. They and that's it, a, it. Like for a movie of this level, like they did that on a shoestring budget. Wow. Um, and look what it did. You want to know what? How much did it make? How much did it make? $783 million. It grossed wow. over $700 million based on the budget. Wow. Fox is rolling in it because of that. And they it just exploded. It exploded. Directed it really by did. directed by Tim Miller. Uh of course, the head being Ryan Reynolds. Uh it, it is it is quite a film. It's it's one of the rare comic book films that I look at. Like comic book films, I, I typically tell people, yeah, they're fantastic, yeah, they're wonderful, like they're really cool to go to. Deadpool is one of the films that I tell people you have to see it. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Like, you have to see it to really get the impact that the film has on the perception of the community. You can't tell people about Deadpool. You just can't. And what what I think I really love about Deadpool is the fact that when you look at the deleted scenes or the outtakes, 
um, you can see how much they let the actors uh, ad lib yeah. and uh, ad lib and and do their own thing. Where he just goes, he's insulting. Oh, what's her name? Uh, Marina Baccarin. No, no, no. He's insulting. Um, Blind out. Blind no, out. no, 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 no. Uh, the the uh, the UFC or MMA fighter. Oh, Angel. Oh. A- Angel, yeah. She, don't leave me in here with Chris Angel, mind freak. Don't leave me in here. And he just oh, keeps there's, going. It's yeah. like, there's he's like rattling, and they're all fairly good. Chris, I like the Chris Angel mind. <laughs> don't freak leave me one. in here. With, and then they finally settle on less angry Rosie O'Donnell, and he knows it's a winner. Because he apologizes afterwards. Yeah, yeah. if you watch it, he, he was goes, like, let's angry Rosie O'Donnell. He goes, oh my God, I'm so I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, I'm just going to put his name up here because that's where he fucking belongs. It's Ajax is a D-bag with powers and that's okay. Yeah. He was yeah. completely yeah. designed for that. Um, he, he was designed meant- for one role and that is to be an asshole who doesn't feel pain. Yeah. Yep. Period. There's no other purpose he serves. The rest of that movie is just about... It's just about Deadpool. Deadpool. Being Deadpool. It's got nothing to do with Ajax. Captain Deadpool. <laughs> Deadpool is, or Ajax is uh, almost a MacGuffin. Yeah, yeah right, right, right. Right? <laughs> I never right? thought about that. That's so funny. Just to enable he, Deadpool to be Deadpool. Yeah. yeah, he is he is as close to a MacGuffin as you can get without actually being one. And he might actually he might actually be a MacGuffin. I'm not I'm, I'm not sure. Like <laughs> he is he is he is the thing Deadpool is going after. Yeah. That moves uh, the plot along. Yeah. That it's a movie you gotta watch. Yeah. It's like if you have not watched Deadpool, do yourself a favor. Get it on some party site. I'm, that I'm shit not, is I'm, like five dollars. I'm not even mad. I'm not even mad. I'm just gonna urge you to go see it. Go even see people it. I know that don't like that movie say it's one of the funniest things they've ever seen. Absolutely. Seriously. So I've seen parts of it. Don't be mad at me. You gotta you gotta watch the whole I've thing. I've seen Deadpool too though. I would um which uh, Deadpool makes... one, I like they're they're both Deadpool 2. I just I watched Deadpool 2 uh, recently, and I left the theater not enjoying it as much as the first mm-hmm. one. Having watched it now, like within the confines of my own home, it's up there. Like, it's, yeah. it's really fun. So, I, yeah, that's what yeah. I said. Like, I was, you got suckered into the plot, and I think as soon as you realize that the plot really didn't matter. You can just sit back and enjoy well, the movie. I, I also, I think if I if I would have watched the film a second time, I would have felt differently. The kid plays a, a big part, but the kid is not. He's in like eight scenes. Right. Yeah. It seems. He is, it seems, it seems like it's a like big, it's part, a big part, part, but it's, but it's not. not. Yeah. Uh, I would say. Um, I would love. We should probably do a watch along with Deadpool. I would oh love to do that. God. Oh, just like we did with the uh, the, just Punisher like with the, the, the Punisher yeah. movies. Yeah. I'm down oh, for that. I would great. love to do that. And if you wanted to be part of the watch along, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Uh, let's that. talk about. Uh, what I like to call the foundation for the climax of the MCU. Avengers 2.5. Avengers 2.5. Yeah, this, this really, the, really this should have been bedrock. an Avengers movie. This is the bedrock of, of everything we've gotten. That is the culmination of everything uh, uh, the MCU has thrown at us over the last couple of years. And that's Captain America Civil War. Uh, everyone knows I love this movie. Mm-hmm. I I love pretty much all the Captain America movies. But has Megan seen this one? Nope. Have you seen Civil War? Nope. Oh shit! So I haven't seen anything with Avengers. Girl, except for Avengers three, you went to Avengers three oh, with us. Yes, I saw that. Let's we all saw that together. I yeah. Saw that. So I think the the really interesting thing about this is throughout most of movies, right, of the superhero movies, 
the superhero knows who the villain is, right? Captain America, Red Skull, we know right away. Mm. You know, the Cap knows, finds out who he is, chases him for the rest of the movie, right? And we take a look and we see the villain in this one. For a good majority of the movie, no one knows who the hell he is or what his motivation is. I'm a huge proponent that the villain in this movie doesn't matter. And it doesn't, no. Um, it's indifferent. Like, when do we find out his name? Baron Zemo. Uh, um, a- Zemo after Baron Helmut Helmut Zemo. Yeah, you did. don't get the dossier on him until after uh, Tony Stark is getting ready to fly to uh, uh, the Arctic or a- wherever. And I kind of like I kind of like the twist where you think he's going to do when he learns that he killed the psychologist. Yeah, when you think he's going to do one thing, you think, oh shit, he's going to release. Five Winter Soldiers. That's the superhero big movie freaking battle, and they're like, "Nope, boop." I'm gonna twist it, and it really turns into this um, kind of like, "What would you do if you were put in this situation? Yeah. You're faced with a man you knew killed your family." So someone should get a plot synopsis. Oh yeah, we probably should. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I will. Uh, I'll read this Go one ahead. if you could hit more there for me. I can. Tap that more. Tap that more. All right. Smash that like button. <laughs> Political pressure mounts to install a system of accountability when the actions of the Avengers lead to collateral damage. The new status quo deeply divides members of the team. Captain America believes superheroes should remain free to defend humanity without government interference. Iron Man sharply disagrees and supports oversight. As the debate escalates into an all-out feud, Pal, Black Widow, and (laughs) Hawkeye must pick a side. I do kind of wish we had read the... um the, the Netflix, Netflix the version, Netflix one. which okay. has started the entirety of the. Uh... There you go. The, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, I'm looking it up. So it is much better than this one, yeah. I think. Um, I love Netflix descriptions. This one uh, takes the cake for me. Is it not on there anymore? Oh, it might not be. Damn, Captain America. So Can you Netflix? Pass. How could you? They depress me sometimes. Cause, like, oh, you son of a bitch. I think. I think. I think. I put it in our note. From the original, yes, you did. You did. Um, <laughs> You're <now>. like chillest, <laughs> chillest, chillest description, description of a mo- of a movie with a serious subtext. Um, while he's looking for that, so Helmet Zemo is the villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zemo's motivation uh, stems entirely from uh, the point that we made earlier about the impact of Age of Ultron. Yep. Uh, Age of Ultron serves a very specific purpose, and that's to weave the threads of what came before into the threads of what's coming afterwards. And so uh, it is revealed that during the events of Age of Ultron, Zemo's family is killed during the Battle of Sokovia. He says, uh, you know, I, I, my father said we were on the outskirts of the city. Uh, it took me three days to dig their bodies out of the rubble. And when I found them, I found my father with his arms around my family. That's sad. Zemo is a intelligence officer for the Sokovian military. So his entire job is to gain information and to then use that information for Sokovian benefit. So Zemo takes it upon himself to... to attempt to catastrophically damage the Avengers. But Zemo has no powers. Zemo's a a human being. 
That's all he is. He doesn't fight. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't do anything in this movie. He uses knowledge, information. He uses information and what his he knows about brain. and what he knows about people. And so his plan is to the first you see of him. His plan is he goes up to this uh, household and he says, "I need the mission report from December. What is it? December? Uh, what does he say?" Uh, Dece- is it December 7th, 1991? Something mm-hmm. like that. I can't remember the actual date. And he keeps saying it over and over and over and over and over. Every time he runs into someone, he goes to the extent to find the book that they use to brainwash the Winter Soldier so that he can ask the Winter Soldier this question. I think it's December 16th. Uh, December 16th, 1991. Mission report. What happened on this day? Continuing to ask, continuing to ask, continuing to ask. It's then revealed Captain America figures out that in that book uh, that he uses to brainwash the the Winter Soldier back into becoming the Winter Soldier, uh, he's uh, the Winter Soldier reveals that there are five versions of people like him. Actually, probably more powerful. Probably more yeah, powerful than the Winter stable. Soldier. Less stable, because more they powerful. Have, they don't have the mental conditioning that he had. So his plot must be to release these six to create, to destroy governments. That's what Winter Soldier says. He these these six can destroy governments. They can cripple dynasties. That's how powerful they are in terms of espionage and strength and militaristic power. Iron Man, on the other hand, is trying to capture Captain America for leaving and not signing the Sokovia Accords for oversight. And so he's blindly, a criminal, blindly defying, just blindly protecting, uh, just blindly protecting Bucky, even though Bucky is being framed for the murder of of a psychologist. Right? Go ahead and read it. It's Avengers versus Avengers when Captain America fights to keep his superhero friends independent while his pal Iron Man supports government control. Pal is in the description. It is the chillest description of, of, is, of a movie I've ever from read. From what we just described, that is the chillest description of what's <laughs> happening in that movie I've ever read. Seriously. So, so, they, so what happens is, right? Yeah, so they, they, they culminate in uh, this place that's in, uh, I'm trying like to remember Siberia exactly where it or something. is. Something like Siberia somewhere. Yeah. Like Siberia. Uh, in the middle of the snow blinded land by the way we haven't even talked about black panther and all this other shit yeah uh they are chasing after zemo because they think zemo is going to release these uh these soldiers onto the world they walk into this room iron man captain america winter soldier walk into this room and all of the super soldiers have been shot in the head he he zemo killed every he single kills one of every them. single one of them and he goes you know, I, I did you think I wanted more? Of did you, you think around? I wanted more superheroes running around given what you did? No, I was hoping you, 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 uh, uh, Captain America arrived and Iron Man arrived. So now I get to show you what I've been looking for on December 16th, 1991, the winter soldier under control from Hydra was sent on an assassination mission to kill Tony Stark's parents and successfully did so. And the video is of him doing it brutally, brutally like reaching in and just strangling, strangling Tony's mother. 
murdering Tony's father. At that point, as Captain America, you know your friend did not do this of his own volition. Your friend, who right now is in control of himself, and as Iron Man, you know the person who caused you the most pain you probably have ever felt in your charmed is life now standing is standing in, in front of you. So, does Iron Man hate him? I mean, he killed his family. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, I wouldn't have known that in the newest. Well, you never. Wars. Uh, like, they they, they never confront each other. They never. Okay. They, this so is the first they confronted one. After another. this, they never. Co- so they never. The, they don't see each other. The, the 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 movie culminates like Iron Man's going like I I'm going I'm going to arrest or I'm going to kill him. Does he try to? No. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And then <laughs> Captain America steps in the way, and so it eventually turns into it's Captain America versus Iron Man. Captain okay, America okay, fighting for his friend who he believes, who he knows is not, was not in his right mind when he did it. The only friend he has from a time that no longer exists. Yeah. That fight is so brutal. Uh, Iron Man uses the, the his chest piece to blow off the metal arm uh, that Winter Soldier has. And, oh my God, that off. scene. Because at that point... Um, He's trying to rip out the arc reactor because and Tony because just Tony, blows it Tony off. goes to town on Cap. Yeah, and and uh, Bucky's like, nope, and he starts to rip out the, one the arc reactor of his chest. I've ever watched, and um, it's just a brutal scene as he's trying to rip uh, it out. And he blows his arm it's right such off. Such a good fight scene. Oh, um, and the the synergy between Bucky and him. Oh. Just the fight scene is just a, it's beautiful. Like the point where the uh, Jarvis is analyzing Captain America's fighting techniques so that Iron Man can fight him back. Because t- Iron Captain America is just or owning. Friday, Friday, yeah, Friday. Friday, yeah. But like Captain America is just owning the fight because he's a brawler, and it's just chest to chest fighting. And then he's like, "Okay, fight pattern pattern analyzed. We can fight back now." And then just starts the the fight starts turning. It's until very Bucky yeah. shows up. Mm. Um, um, but one of the things I like about this movie is that it's not Baron Zemo is arguably the villain, but the antagonists are. Iron Man and Captain America. Yep. Because they're so intractable in their positions you that can't it causes them. the conflict. Yeah. Their opinions dictate the tension of the film. They and, are the villains, really. Yeah. Right. And they're like there are times where like people are arguably like, no, Iron Man's right. And then the other side's like, no, Captain America's right. But their their positions are so well grounded. In and fact. So right, and so relatable. That it's hard not to like it's like people pick a side, and it's very back and forth. Like this, uh, they did this better in the movie, I think, than they did in the comic. Oh hell yes! Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, Abs- hands down. This, in my opinion, is one of the best movies well, the had, MCU like, has ever made. What eight years of or yeah, eight the years Russo of brothers the were able to make yeah. an Avengers movie. And didn't call it an Avengers movie. Yeah. And it's an incredibly, this is the foundation of like, uh, when people say Avengers Infinity War is a cinematic, it's it's a, it's a film, right? It's yeah. not a superhero film. Like film buffs can really enjoy Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. Because the, the, like people who resonate with certain directors like Francis Ford Coppola and a, and a lot of these older directors who really are like cinephiles. They dive deep into the themes of film. They really gravitate 
to Avengers Infinity War because it's very much that style of film. The, the villain is the hero in this very twisted sense. The Russo brothers did that. The Russo brothers did this as well. They took a political uh, espionage film and they made it a, a superhero con like amalgamation. Um, and it's really well done. Like I tell people all the time, I can, I can put civil war on in the background. The music is great. The fighting is great. I get Spider-Man in this movie. Like, yeah, the fuck? Black Panther. you get black Panther in the movie. Yeah, First like, movie in on. which they, in which they appear and it's not their own movie. And it's not their movie. It's great. Great stuff. I love this movie. Uh, Baron Zemo's quality. I don't care what you guys say. So, uh, <laughs> I'll agree with yeah. quality. Um, yeah, I, I think quality. There's uh, the line that really sells me for him is when he's talking to Black Panther, and it's the um, I know I couldn't take I couldn't defeat the Avengers. Stronger men than me have tried, but if I could get them to destroy themselves, yeah, yeah, that's how you topple them. Yeah, absolutely. You destroy them from the inside. I could not defeat them in a like if it was a it was, if me it was a fight. Them, I couldn't do it. It wouldn't happen. I just love that. Mm -hmm.